right, welcome everyone to another edition of RF Sports Radio. I'm your host, RF, joined by my co-host, the star of the show, show Royce Fisher. Royce, how you doing today, man? I'm doing great, Ryan. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying sports, man. I'm enjoying everything. Baseball, WNBA, basketball, football. You know, it's a perfect storm. I'm enjoying it, man. <laughs> Well, we, we yeah. got a lot of feedback from the show last week. You know, you were pretty fired up with some of your Ben Simmons comments uh, that we still hear some feedback on. But but as you can see, you know, we're going to discuss a little NBA today. Nothing's really happened. Uh, we're going to get into a little Cowboys stuff. Some things have happened with the Cowboys as well. And then we'll jump into this whole GM survey. You know, they do this every year. But again, we got to kind of give our feedback on uh, what these GMs think and see if they're on the money or if they're way, way off. Maybe they see something that, that maybe we see something that they don't see. Right, I'm ready for it. Let's jump right into it, man. Let's start with the Cowboys first. Uh, which we have started our show with a lot lately. Got a big, big win uh, over this, over uh, last week, last Sunday. A big win over undefeated Carolina Panthers team. Although the team was missing their best player. McCaffrey wasn't there. Missing one of their better defensive players in the rookie J.C. Horn, but neither, nonetheless, they had a very impressive showing. Diggs had two picks. Zeke had 143 yards. Um, all is right in Jerry World, I think. Well, right now, I actually was cheering for the game. This first time in years, I actually cheered for the Cowboys because it was such an exciting game. Diggs, man, he, he he's got to be defensive player of the year, man. Five yeah. and six. You know, uh, the defense has played better. That's always been the Cowboys, the Kitties Hill was defense. Uh, uh, everybody coming to the season was worried about that. He's proven everybody. He's back. He's back and better. I think that time off gave him a chance to look in front of the sideline, you know, and, and to read defenses and learn a lot of stuff. Uh, he's playing great. Uh, actually, they're the top two teams in the NFL right now. I, it's hard for me to say that, but I just take the fact. Yeah, I told. Uh, I, I told. I think uh, they're playing better than anybody right now. I told Chris, who's been on our show before, my brother Chris, your other son Chris. Uh, we won our lick back with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, they they're the only uh, team that kind of got lucky, and uh, you know we left too much time on the clock, of course, for Brady. Um, but it ended up biting us. You know, you brought up uh, Trayvon Diggs with the two picks, five picks in four games. I mean, I don't think you can ask for anything better. I, I had a lot of reservations about the Cowboys' defense and know what they would do. They know how good they would be. I knew they wouldn't be – I never thought they'd be up to par with our offense, and I still don't think they necessarily are, but they are playing better. Uh, they are getting turnovers, which we didn't, didn't get for the last three years, or four years probably. Um, and I like what they're doing. Now, my question is, can they continue to win despite their head coach? Because I'm sorry, I, I do not, I'm not confident in some of his decision-making in these four games. Even though they've been competitive games, three wins, one loss, but his decision-making bothers me at time to time. Well, I hope he doesn't cost y'all a game because I can name two games he almost cost you. Yeah. His decision. Somebody need to be in this area. You know, somebody in the booth on the sideline need to get in this area and tell him what's going on. I don't think he uh, sees it all. You know, he may be preoccupied. One excuse was he couldn't see the time clock. Yeah. Now, come on, right? It's clocked all over the field. Quarterback, everybody can see it. And then the offensive coordinator said, one of the camera guys was in his way. All you have to do is move your head to the side. Right. See the camera. Right. But I hope that doesn't cost you a game. It's very important that you get that right. A couple of times he held the red flag where he should have thrown the red flag out. He didn't. But I, I hope it doesn't cost you a game. Somebody needs to get in this area and, and correct that. Before it he, puts, he puts a lot of faith into his coordinators. That's kind of his style. Uh, from, what, from what my do? insiders say again. What does he do? Yeah, well, what my insiders tell me is that his style is different than what we are used to in Dallas. I mean, he basically relies heavily on the coordinators uh, to do to do everything from 
not just calling plays, but making game important game decisions. He's like, he wants to empower these coordinators. That's that's his. He looks at the head coaching job as more of an administrative job versus an actual uh, coaching X and O's job. Which which I, I don't know how I feel about that because I'm not used to that. I think the head coach should have the final say so, and, and and it's evident in some of the decisions that we've seen. Like you talked about the the missed clock management. I mean, he could have called a timeout if he really didn't know. Uh, then of course they they go for that uh, punt rush that ended up giving that team a first down that almost cost us a game. Uh, right. Taking out Stephon Diggs after he got two picks, even though they may have been up by 19 points, but you're going against an offense that can that can score. It's always proven they can. And they did. Prove they can and move the ball. Did. So I, that was a decision. I was. I mean, I scratched my head on that. And you and I both talked about that. Why is he out of the game? And the yeah. game not even over with. I, I understand if it was five minutes left in the game. It was a whole quarter. You took him out. But uh, so Kellen Moore is really the head coach of the Cowboys. That what you well, he's the head coach of the offense, uh, obviously. Yeah. And then, um, of course, the coach of our defense is uh, Dan Quinn. But, but he's letting them make all the decisions, which I don't know how I feel about that. That's just a new style of coaching or something. Uh, I don't know. or But it just bothers me that the head coach is not the last say in some of these big game-time decisions. He's leaving it up to the coordinators. And, and I just think that's going to be disastrous at some point. Yeah, he better, he better correct that soon, man. You know, real soon. Because it's going to cost you a game. Yeah, it's going to cost us a game for sure. In other uh, NFL news, uh, we did have another big game Sunday where – Tom Brady went back to New England to play his former team, his former coach. Um, you know, they were talking about all the emotions in that game and everything. Honestly, I, I think he handled it pretty well. I don't think he was really bothered that much about going there. Maybe at the beginning, but I, I didn't think he had a great game. But I don't think it really bothered him over such a big deal like everyone was making it out to be. Well, you know, he was kind of shaky at the beginning of the game. He struggled in that game. It might have might not psychologically, but uh, the way Belichick played him and the way the Patriots played him, I think he gave him problems. That yeah. was probably his worst game so far this year. I know yeah. it was raining, but he's struggling that game. And you know, other than the field goal, uh, hitting the crossbar, they would have lost. Yeah, they would have left. And, uh, yeah. Uh, maybe yeah, that opening to show everybody how to play them. Of course, now they were without a lot of players. Mm-hmm. Injured. But uh, I know he's glad to get that over with because I think the media and the fans made a big hype out of it. I saw mm-hmm. a lot of 12 dirges out there, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was, I was honestly more impressed by how the coaching job that Belichick did to get his team ready to play. Those are young guys, new guys that kind of team they really don't have you know maybe that helped them having guys that really hadn't been in a situation like that in Foxborough before or been a teammate of Tom Brady's in the past uh having those guys on the team and getting them ready to play I thought really I was more impressed with the job he did making it a competitive game you know uh for the team and, and Matt Jones I thought did a good job of managing the game uh for Bill too so I, my hat's off to him for the way he coached the game too yeah, I think he let the players know. I, I'd like to hear the talk before the game. Let them know this is just another game. Even though it's Tom Brady, it's just another game on that schedule. Let's look at it like that and not get into the hype. And the, guy, the players were up for it. I thought that yeah. was. But the media and everybody else built it up to be Belichick versus Brady. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, of course, now if you go to another team, you're going to eventually play your old coach. That's how right. it works. Right. You know, so, but to the Patriots, I think it was just another game, you know. Yeah. And I think yeah. for, for Brady coming home to play in front of you, you know, he played there 20 years. Man. Mm-hmm. So it had to be some kind of emotion involved. Well, I don't want to lose, you know, I want to look good. Uh, I do have sentimental bays with it, the team, you know. So I'm pretty sure it was, it was more a problem for. Greater than Belichick. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you before we move on uh, from the NFL, were you surprised at all with them, with the Cowboys cutting Jalen Smith? Did that surprise you? Because it, did, it didn't I, surprise I, me. 
I was shocked. But at the same time, they got a load of players, man. They they did. Right. They really did. And you know, last year you didn't hear his name called a lot. You know, he he played, he was hurt. But you got guys, young guys coming up. But I'm surprised they cut him this quick. You know, I, I'm not surprised because um he was never like our best option. He was our only option in most cases. Um, you know, his best year I thought was when Van Der Esch got hurt and he played a lot. Of course, he was our only option at that time. And I think his story is great, you know, coming back from the injury at Notre Dame and us taking a chance on him. You know, for a while he couldn't even run. And the Cowboys right. took a chance on him, rehab him, got him ready to play where he can he's a serviceable uh linebacker. But at the same time, you know. To me, it was just a business move. You know, the fact that he's got this uh, injury clause for 2022, would have to pay him if he gets hurt. Uh, a guy that we know in, in the NFL guys are going to get hurt. They looked at it like, hey, this is our chance to kind of move on. Uh, they've been trying to trade him, from my understanding, since the offseason and just didn't have any takers. So I'm not really surprised uh, because the defense is playing so well. And honestly, we don't have a full defensive unit out there. We're getting the guys back every week. So uh, I say I say roll with the young guys, man. You know, I, I don't – I'm not really surprised by it. It doesn't bother me at all. Um, we just got – I mean, we, we just got to get Michael Parsons back as a, as a linebacker and not as a defensive end. So I don't know how that's going to work, but I guess we'll find out here soon. But my problem is you still paint – you still had to paint. Yeah, you still got a pen. And, you know, he might have helped your team for being on the field, but teaching the young guys, these guys yeah. are new. I mean, maybe he could learn something. Well, maybe him. he wasn't that kind of guy. Maybe maybe we think he was that kind well, of guy. Yeah, maybe he wasn't a good locker room influence, a locker room guy. Maybe they would have kept him. Yeah, but he got picked up real quick. Where did he go? Yeah. New York? Mm-hmm. Real quick. I mean, so I hope it don't come back to Hunter. Yeah. Yeah, I knew <laughs> he'd get picked see. up pretty fast. Yeah, but they are deep. They are, they are deep. And the way these young guys are playing, they didn't have a spot for me, really. But yeah. like I said, if I'm paying a guy, I, I want to get something out of it. You know, that's just me as a GM. But I'm pretty well, sure they, reason. they saw something we don't see every day. Like, Yeah, obviously they did. Right. Let's transition from the NFL and uh, talk some NBA, man. Preseason has started. Uh, we're going to our first uh, Mavericks preseason game this week, which is going to be great. We have been in that arena in, in so long, uh, oh, yeah. especially with fans. So this is going to be fantastic. I can't wait for that. So I'm kind of got NBA on the brain. I've been watching games, and uh, even though these games don't really matter, guys oh, are not yeah. playing. I'm still, I'm still kind of watching the games. Before we get into this GM survey, kind of go through it real fast. Uh, we touched on this a little bit last episode with, with the whole uh, protocol for uh, the vaccine and how, you know, certain states, certain, certain cities are going to have certain protocols that the NBA is going to have to follow. Um, and then we heard, of course, the, the NBA deciding that players that miss games are not going to get paid. Um, and we have a situation. We had a situation in Golden State, but... Wiggins elected to go ahead and get the vaccine uh, so he can play. You did the right thing, that money sign. Uh, but now we got a situation with a guy that, um, you know, has always been on his own page, let's just say, uh, with Kyrie Irving. He's going to be missing $381,000 a game. Uh, and the way things stand right now, he won't be able to practice with the team, nor will he be able to play any home games if they keep him on the active roster. So uh, there's only there's only about a week left to make this decision. So what what does Kyrie do and what do you think the Nets should do? Well, you know, Kyrie has always been kind of considered himself a free-minded thinker, I guess. You know, the world is flat, uh, Illuminati, you know, stuff he come up with. I don't know where he's doing his research from, but, you know, a lot of times people can be misinformed. I think he's misinformed about the vaccine. The science is there, you know, and I, like I said last, last week, you know, you they, they have team doctors. I'm pretty sure he's been hurt. We know he's been hurt. He's been in and out of the lineup. Everywhere he's been, 
He's having to follow doctor's orders. And, and we talking about scientists are telling you that the vaccine works. Yeah. I, I have a problem with him. Why would you, you know, you, you, you recruited James Harden and Kevin Durant. Why would you do that to them? You know, and, and, and the team, you know, I don't think he is really excited about basketball. It's Kevin Durant just won the ball. Obviously, I think yeah. Obviously. Kevin, right. James Harden just won the ball. Mm-hmm. And they went to a franchise that has never won a championship. They could have went to the Knicks. The Knicks won a championship. They already, you know, in the book. But book, I think that's why they went to Booker. So they wanted to bring a championship to a place that never won. They have a mm-hmm. good chance of being. I, yeah. I don't understand him. I think he's going to eventually get the vaccine. You can't be a. There's no part-time players in the NBA. Right. You can't. Never has been. Never happened. I don't think it ever will. And to lose that much money, man, I know he's made a lot of money. But but losing is losing. It's kind of dumb. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Listen, if you want to play basketball, go get the vaccine. If you don't, then stay at home. Mm-hmm. Just so what so what do the Nets do? Second part of that question. What do you think they should do if he decides I, I to stand on this, stand on stand his ground on this whole vaccine thing? I trade it. Go go somewhere where you can play home games in your state or wherever you are. Uh I I trade it. You can get something for him. I know you can get something for him. We know they have a guy in Philly that's sitting at home too. You could trade yeah. for. I think that's a great trade for both teams. But I think he'd fit well with uh Brooklyn. But listen, Kevin Durant said today that he's optimistic that he's gonna get it. I think he eventually will. He's going to cave in. Yeah. Uh, cave in or not play. Right. It, it's at some point you gotta have a long, hard talk with yourself. Like I, I, I give him a, pers- a personal example. So I travel a lot or, or used to travel a lot uh, for business. And I still like to travel, even in my, even in my personal life. Uh, I still like to go out and do things. And I knew for a fact, there's no way I'm going to be able to live the life I want to live if I did not get the vaccine. Like there's going to be places I can't go, things I can't do, people I can't be around if I make the decision not to get a vaccine. So it was a, it was an easy choice for me to get it done. And I think he's got to look himself in the mirror and make a decision on, do you want to play basketball? Because in today's world to play basketball, you got to get the vaccine. That's just the bottom line. If you're going to be in the NBA or really on any team, you got to, you got you can't go overseas and play basketball without having a vaccine. You can't be on the USA team. You can't uh, play semi-pro. Without getting the vaccine, it's just it's just the bottom line of the way things are. It's just like if if um, if like there was a rule when he was in college, you had to play college one year before you go to the NBA. Well, he did that in order to get to the NBA. And this is another prerequisite to play in the NBA. So I think he's going to cave in, like you said. But I think if he doesn't, if I'm the Nets, you know, I'm sure they've tried to trade him. Um, I'm sure they probably won't get him traded to probably closer to all-star uh, weekend because they're going to wait and see how things play out. But I, I'm hopefully he doesn't, if he doesn't do it, I would sit him. I wouldn't allow him to be a part-time player. Well, I wouldn't allow him just to practice on the road or just play on the road. I would just separate him totally from the team until he makes his decision. I wouldn't have him kind of playing a part-time role. I mean, they, they kind of plan for this. They got Patty Mills. They got, uh, they got James Harden who can run the point. I mean, they got guys that can play point guard. I would trade him to Philly for Seth Curry because you got somebody that can shoot the three, you know, and that's 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 what be is missing. Well, but, uh, Philly's going Philly's gonna want you to take Ben Simmons. That's what they're gonna want you to take. <laughs> well, yeah, I think Simmons. But you know, he I think he considers himself a free thinker. Uh, uh, he needs to do his research, you know. Yeah. If he, if you that free of a thinker, do your research, you know. And I don't think he has, you know. I don't know the principle he's standing on, you know. But I'm pretty sure from college to the pros, he's taking medicine. He's he's had shots, you know. He's had surgery, uh, injuries. But I don't understand it. He's gonna shoot himself in the foot. 
That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, I would agree. Well, let's jump into our last topic tonight, and that's the NBA GM survey. This happens every year right during the preseason, right before the season starts, where the NBA surveys all the GMs in the NBA, the GMs of all the teams, to get their feedback. And my, my understanding is this is a kind of a write-in vote. Uh, that's the way they can get a true essence of who they think belongs in these positions, teams, whatnot. Let's go through it real quick, Royce. I'm going to comment on these, and I'm going to get your feedback. So the first thing that they surveyed was which team will win uh, the NBA Finals, right? So uh, the number one team they have on the list is the Brooklyn Nets at 72%. Uh, number two, the Lakers at 17%. And then number three, the Bucks at only 10%. Uh, would, you, would you agree? I mean, these are GMs that are talking here. I think the I Nets have the best chance and Lakers and I two think and I Bucks three. In second place and maybe the Lakers third. Uh because that's an experiment that we don't know if it's going to work. Everybody's counting on LeBron James to, to make that work. Yeah. But uh, sometimes there's something LeBron can't fix. You know, we started in Cleveland. You know, so I I, I had to put Milwaukee second and Lakers third. Yeah. Matter of fact, I would drop the Lakers down to four. And who would you put third? Uh, the two teams I consider, that's uh, Denver and Utah. Hmm. Because these so guys have been fifth. Yeah, they, they played together. They got a core chemistry. And what you have in L.A. is not proven. And, mm -hmm. you know, got a bunch of new guys coming in to a new system. And it's I think, Russell. I think everybody's assuming that the Lakers are going to be right. healthy when the playoffs come around. I, I, I don't know. That's, that's, a, that's a dicey situation that all those guys are going to be healthy to make a playoff run. Everybody on that starting roster had the injury uh, injury problem. Yeah, at least lately, last few years, except for like Carmelo, Russ, right. uh, but everybody else, Anthony Davis, LeBron, both of them were hurt last year. Right. And they, they're older. Yeah. And these young guys aren't scared of like, mm -hmm. I like they used to. Do you realize that that championship they won in the bubble was less I, than look, a year ago? I always see it as an asterisk by that. But do you realize that that was less than a year ago? Yeah, it it's been less good. than a year since they won that championship in the bubble. That's crazy. You know why they won? They were the only team that wanted to be there. Yeah, everybody, <laughs> right. everybody yeah. else wanted to yeah. be there. They were the only team that really wanted to be in the bubble. Them everybody in Miami, I, which I think is a surprise. Miami's gonna surprise a lot of people too. I like the I like the Nets at number one. I think that's the Kevin Durant factor, honestly, him being the best player in the league. And then I like the Bucks at number two. I don't, I just don't think you can discount them. I'm like you. The Lakers are not in my top three, only because I don't know for sure if they can make it that long um, or be that healthy in the playoffs. So to me, it's a toss up. I mean, you could put Phoenix in there. You could put Atlanta. You could put uh, you know people don't talk about them at all. But uh, they could be right there as well, too, the way, the way those young guys. About, nobody's talking about Phoenix. Yeah. You know, yeah I, and I saw them in the preseason, man. They look good. I mean, they made it to the finals. You got to give them credit. Mm -hmm. They had one of the best records. So nobody's even talking about Phoenix. Yeah. Well, here's how the GM surveyed the Easter Conference rankings. They've got Brooklyn 1, Milwaukee 2, Miami 3, Philadelphia four, Atlanta five, uh, six Boston, and seven Indiana. Oh no, I don't think Indiana. I got got like no. I don't well, have Indiana has, in the top seven. Who else would you? Well, who do they have? <laughs> I don't I mean, know, but Rick Carlisle, as far as all I know, is who they I, have. And we know um, Yeah, I don't know. I, I I can see. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of other teams. Man, I, I can I, see the I can see the Knicks in seven. I can see Chicago in seven. I can see uh, Charlotte. They have a good team. Charlotte. Yeah, I can see all those guys in seven. You uh, know what's interesting about this? I wanted to point out is they got Atlanta ranked five. Uh, I say four or five. 
I mean, you know, uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, Atlanta Wake Five. Yeah, you know, it's it's like the Phoenix Suns. Where do you put them? Nobody's talking about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they did make the finals. Right. Well, here's how the GM surveyed the Western Conference. They've got the Lakers one, uh, Utah in two, Phoenix at three, uh, Denver at four, Golden State at five. Clippers at six, Dallas at seven, and Portland at eight. I don't like the number one because I, who had the best record in the West? Was it Phoenix or Utah? Uh, Utah. Utah. Okay, so I, I have to put Utah number one. Yeah, Utah's going to have the best record in the, in the West. Right. They, they, yeah. No I put the Vegas at four. I go four. Utah. I, I can see them being in top three. I, I have to put them for I'm going to say Utah. I'm going to say uh, Denver. Because, you yeah. know, they, they win a lot of games. Murray's coming back. Mm-hmm. And third place, I'm going to put, and nobody's talking about that. I'm going to put Phoenix or Golden State, and I'm going to put the Lakers. Yeah, they basically have what you have and just mixed up an order. Now, here's what I don't like about what they surveyed. to five. Yeah, I don't like that they surveyed Dallas at seven. Yeah. Uh, I think the Dow- I think Dallas would be better than the Clippers because we don't know when Kawhi's coming back. Right. I mean, we don't know when that's going to happen. I don't know what Golden State's going to look like yet. Yeah, they don't get Klay Thompson back till December. Right. So I think Dallas could be better than both of those teams in the rankings. I mean, they're going to be better overall, but right. in the rankings in terms of where they rank and winning games, I got Dallas at least at number five. Well, you know what? Dallas had the best offense. Yeah. All year last year. If they yeah. can get the defense, catch up with the offense, you know, they're going to move up. But we know they outscored it. I mean, as far as scoring, you know, they were the best offensive team in the league for scoring. If the and, defense, and, Portland, and Portland's an easy team to put in there, yeah. but let's not discount uh, yeah, New Orleans. Let's not discount Memphis. I mean, oh, there's yeah, some teams in the West that can play. That's why I say, how can you put the Lakers number one? Yeah. Yeah, I I don't think they're going to be that healthy to be number one seed. Uh, Okay, let's jump into players real quick and before we wrap this up. So they have winning the MVP. Um, I bet you can guess who they rank number one winning the MVP. Uh, Kevin Durant. They rank Kevin Durant one. Right, yeah. Uh, Number two, our guy, Luca, and number two. Giannis at three, Joel Embiid and James Harden tied for four, and mm. Steph Curry uh, for six. I'm not mad at that. I had to move, to move Curry up some. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, if Curry if Curry gets him off to a great start, top yeah, three he, seed, there's no doubt yeah. about it, he's going to be the MVP. Right, right. No doubt about it. So, if Luke can get him in the top three, he may be the MVP. I like Luke in the top three. Yeah. I like that too. Yeah. Interesting, though, that only two players on that list are from the Western Conference, Luca and uh, Curry. Everybody else is from the East. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Um, okay. If you're starting a franchise today and can sign any player in the NBA, who Easy. would it be? Kevin Durant. <laughs> I'd take Kevin Durant over anybody. Well, I mean, the guy is. Mr. Buckets, you can all you need is somebody to pass the ball to. That's it. The one and two this year are the same one and two from last year. They got the same amount of percentage votes last year they got this year. And that's one is Luca, two is Giannis. Wow. If you're starting, now remember the question if you're starting a franchise today and can sign any player, who would it be? I still take Kevin Dewey. Either. Well, yeah, yeah. Other guys getting votes would be uh, Anthony Davis, Durant, LeBron, uh, the Joker, and then uh, Zion Williamson. Uh, well, they also got take? votes as well. Who would you take? I'd take Luca number one. If I'm starting a franchise and want to get want to be good for a while, I'd take Luca. If I want to win right now, I'm taking Kevin Durant. 
Yeah, I, I, I can go with that. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm winning right now, yeah, let's go, Kevin. Let's go, with KD. Now, all his age and his experience, you know, having played overseas, he's top man at 15, man. He, for a young guy, he has a lot of basketball miles, you know, and the IQ is out off the chart. Uh, right, here's, a, here's, here's the next one, real quick. We run through these real fast. Uh, which player forces opposing coaches to make the most adjustments? Luca. Luca and Kevin Durant. I'd say one, one A and one B. Um, Kevin Durant's two. Steph Curry's number one. It's what GMs oh. say. Okay. The Curry's number one. Make you make adjustments. LeBron is three. Harden's four. Giannis five, and the Joker is six. I would I would put LeBron at three. Yeah, Luca wasn't even Luca's not even listed. I mean, he got votes, but he wasn't even listed. I put Joker ahead of LeBron because yeah, he, he you know inside and outside he's got it all, man. Yeah, you know he's a he's a tough guy to guard. He, he really is. You know, he, okay, which which player is most likely to have a breakout season this year? These are these are all young, pretty much young guys. Morant. These are young I guys. Gonna, I think he's gonna have more. Dave Morant. Who? Uh, Morant. Memphis. John Morant. Yeah. John Morant got seven percent of the votes. He's at number four. He's tied with number four with like wow. four players. Number one was uh, another Memphis player, Jaron Jackson. And Anthony um, Edwards number two. So and Michael Porter Jr. at three. I, I put Miranda ahead of. I put him number one. That's just me. Yeah, there's a yeah, there's a lot of votes on here from a lot. Like the GMs voted for all their draft picks on this one, but there's a bunch of votes for a bunch of players on here. Right. All right. So uh who's the best guard in the NBA? And th- this was by a landslide. This guy got 57% of the vote. Who's the best guard in the NBA? Kerry. Yeah, seven percent. Lillard got 17% and Luca got 13%. I, I agree with that. Okay. I agree with that. Uh, who's the best shooting guard in the NBA by 63%? <laughs> shooting guard, not point guard, shooting guard. Shooting guard. Wow. Mm. 63% of the vote. Same guy that won it last year from the GMs. The same player that GMs voted for last mm-hmm. year. McCullough? James Harden. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, James Harden. Devin Booker's second. Lucas third. I agree with that. I agree with that. Okay, best small forward in the NBA. This is kind of deceiving. Think of, just think about who plays the the three position, the point forward position. Anthony. Uh, well, you know, Anthony Davis plays more Indeed. four or five. Indeed. Well, they move Anthony, around well, a bit. It's Ke- Kevin Durant got 67% of the vote. Well, I was going to say yeah. Kevin Durant. LeBron got two. Kawhi got three. LeBron was actually first last year, which is interesting. Um, okay, who's the best power forward in the game? Who's the best – Big four in the game. Got to be AD. Actually, no, man. Uh, Giannis. Which, that's kind of yeah, deceiving because he, he plays more than four. Yeah, he, he, he plays and, and center. It depends yeah. on how they land up. He plays a lot of center, too. So, I still say AD. Yeah. Speaking of centers, who is the best center in the NBA? Who do you think the GMs voted with 63% of the vote? The best center in the NBA. I don't know that the big guy in uh, Utah. Uh, you talking about Rudy Gobert? Rudy Gobert. No, no. I give you one more guess. You close though. The best center in the NBA. Gotta be Gobert. He no, made that. It's joke. It's it's the joke. Yeah. In Denver, 63% of the vote. And B got second. Giannis got Giannis got third. He's in all, all the categories. Okay. Okay. You say defensive player, I had to be Gobert. Yeah. Well, best center though. Jokic for scoring and off yeah. yeah. Okay. 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 Now here's a quick one. Here's here's some off-season moves. This this is interesting from GMs. 
Which team made the best overall moves in the offseason? Miami. Yeah, Miami's 47% of both. You know what? That's a team that's going to be real scary. Yeah. I, I think they're going to be real scary. Yeah. Okay, which one-player acquisition will make the biggest impact? Oh, wow, that's a good one. It's easy. The Miami acquisition of Kyle Lowry, that's one. That's, yeah, that's who won. Kyle 77%. But Russ got know. two. Russ got yeah. two, 17%. Kyle Lowry, because I want him to come to Dallas. Yeah. I think the Dallas had a guy, Kyle Lowry, man. They, they, they'd be a top three team, man. Can you remember who, who won this last year, who the GMs voted for last year, the biggest impact, one-player acquisition? Last year had to be – that's a good and this, this actually became it was true. It was Chris Paul. Chris Paul was the one big acquisition. Chris Paul. So Jimmy Butler been there two years in Miami. Yeah, yeah. His first right. year was the bubble year. Remember? That's right. It was the bubble year. Okay. Well, I I'd say that because Chris Paul showed up in the playoffs. Playoff yeah. beat. Yeah. He showed up in the playoffs. That should be an easy one. All right, most underrated player acquisition. This may be a tough one. It look like they voted each. It looks like each each person voted for their own team, except for a few. Uh, most underrated player acquisition. They have Larry Nance Jr. going to Portland. Oh come on, man! And now, now I would have picked number two, Patty Mills in Brooklyn. That's who I would have. Yeah, picked. I would say Patty Mills is a dog, man. Yeah, they got me. They got Spencer Dinwiddie in Washington at three, Lonzo Ball in Chicago at four, and Kimball Walker in New York at five. Okay, I can go with that. But I, yeah. I said Penny Mills, from what I saw of him last year and then the Olympics, man, he, mm-hmm. he balled out in the Olympics. Yeah. I yeah. Think that, yeah. Yeah. So I, what, I, to, I what, what team do you think will be the most improved team this year? I'll say Miami. Mm, they got Chicago, 27%. And Golden State and L.A. And the Lakers tied for two. So, no Miami, no nobody going to improve. Charlotte, Pelicans, Raptors, they're all in here as well. well if, Charlotte, um, if, Charlotte, if Charlotte win two more games, they'd be the most improved. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here's a here's an easy one. Um, most surprising move of the offseason. Uh Jason Kidd had coached the Dallas. You know what? They didn't even no one even voted for that, which I thought was crazy. But uh Westbrook to LA got 50% of the votes. Okay. Lamar DeRozan to Chicago got 22%. Lonzo Ball to Chicago got 5%. Here's here's what also this is why I thought that was kind of uh shocking that. He didn't get any votes. Was they also voted for Danny Ainge stepping down in Boston? They voted for Ben Simmons not going to camp. Um, I don't know why they wouldn't vote for Kid or Carlisle leaving. I mean, something with the Mavs, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big shock to a lot of people. Him leaving, mm-hmm. and uh, we didn't know who the head coach was going to be. I'm surprised to see Jason Kidd. Yeah, that was surprising to me. They got a bunch of survey questions around the rookies. We'll skip those because no one really knows. Here's one. Uh, who's the best international player in the NBA? And this guy got 60% of the votes. Oh, Luca. Bazingas? No. Giannis. Okay, best man. I, I can't say Giannis has been Giannis has been there for years. I, He's the best at yeah, international. He's from Greece. He's international. Okay, but I think you had to go with the last instead of somebody that's been they here. Said who, they said, the who, is the, who is the best international player in the NBA? I'm not saying Giannis is the best. I know he won the MVP. He won the title and two back-to-back MVPs, Rose. I'm talking about the eye test. Yeah, I'm talking about the eye test, too. (laughs) Giannis in the best. He isn't the best international player. 
I have to say, look, what I've seen nah. of Luca and when he came to the league, I have to say. Well, he did. Luca, Luca is too. He got twenty-seven percent of the vote. Uh, the Joker got thirteen percent at, at three. But I still say Giannis. Well, is, I'm gonna go one even better than that. Overall, of all times, I'm gonna say Dirk. Overall, best international player I've seen is Dirk. Okay, we let's get into a couple of defensive ones. We're, we're almost done here. Who was the best defensive player in the NBA? He got 47% of the GM's votes. Best Go defensive Bird. player in the NBA. Gobert. Gobert was two with 17%. Number one with 47% was Giannis. It was Giannis, uh, number one. Uh, best perimeter uh, defender in the NBA. You, you Who's the best perimeter defender that. in the NBA? He got 50% of the votes. Wow. So half of the GMs think he's the best perimeter defender in the NBA. I'll give you a clue. He's a Milwaukee Buck. Oh, you're talking about a uh, guy from Houston. I'm, I'm talking about that. Wasn't that he from, came from Houston? No, nah, not him. You talking about P.J. Tucker? No. Yeah, he did. Okay. It's, uh, it's Drew, Drew Holiday. Uh, I think they gave to him because he made a couple of steals. <laughs> well, they got Ben Simmons yeah, number two and that. Jimmy Butler number three. Yeah, so I was going to say maybe Ben Simmons. We know he didn't have the offense, but he could play defense. I'm going to say defense. Yeah. Well, here's an easy one. The best interior defender, 77% of the votes was Gobert, like you said, uh, for sure. I think it's uh, a best, matter of opinion. Yeah. Best defensive team in the NBA with the Bucks at 40% and the Jazz at 33%. It's close. Um, okay, here we go. Here's a good one. Who is the best coach in the NBA? 55% of GMs say this guy's the best coach in the NBA. Well, do say Frank Vogel, because I, I disagree. I'm going to say uh, – Yeah, he's not on the list. Not on the list. Milwaukee Bucks coach. Was it Budenholzer? Uh, Mike Budenholzer. He's, he, he's actually number five. He only got 3% of the vote. Well, okay, well, you got to go with Phoenix. And this is telling – this is GMs. Monty Williams got 17% of the vote, but he's still number two. He's number two. So who got 55% of the vote from GMs? The best wow. coach in the NBA. Can't be Doc Rivers. Heck no. <laughs> Doc didn't get any votes. <laughs> Not even from his own GM. <laughs> I'm talking eliminate people. Best coach. I would say Boone you take him all the way to the playoffs. Our Atlanta coach. Our good friend, um, our buddy, who we spent a lot of time with, Eric Spolstra. The best coach? GM say he's the best coach in the NBA is Eric Spolstra, 55%. I, I know he's a great coach. He'd probably go to the Hall of Fame, you know, what he's done coming from being a video guy. But I don't think he was the best coach last year. The best coach led his team to a championship. Don't you agree? I I would agree. I would agree. You, you preach it to the choir. Right. Monty Williams, he should have been at – where's he placed on the list? He was number two. Okay. Number I, two, I agree. 17%. Okay, here, here's one. I know you're going to like it. this one. Which head coach makes the best in-game adjustments? Now, you watch a lot of basketball. you watch a lot of basketball over the years. What current coach in the NBA do you think GMs think makes the best in-game adjustments? This is going to really get you right here. Um, I'd have to say, oh, that's a good one. <laughs> You're not going to guess it, so I might as well tell you. You're not going to guess it. Okay. Tell me. 37% of the GMs say Tyron Lue 
is the best head coach at making in-game adjustments. And now, now, now I could th- now thinking about it, think about it, he did push every playoff to game seven with not a lot of guys. No Kawhi. Um, yeah, he made a yeah. lot of adjustments now. I mean, if you think about it. But number two, number the number two one bothers me the most. He got 27% of the votes, Royce. Best in-game adjustments. Who was that? Rick Carlisle. Are you kidding? Well, Rick Carlisle, 27%. A quarter of the GMs think that Carlisle makes in-game adjustments. I have to disagree. I I, I would go with Marty Williams because, you know, Cameron Payne and the guys he injected at different times, Man, he, he played a hell of a chess match. Yes, yes. I, I had to say Monty Week. I can't say Carlisle because he put Pazingas in the wrong place. And a lot of times you and I were talking about the game. I said, why is this guy in the game? Or why is this guy not in the game? You know. Uh, oh, man. I, I, I can't I believe I can't I, believe they put him in there. Um I think which, they did that. Which new, and then which new or relocated head coach will make the biggest impact on this new team? They got Carlisle, number one, at 64%. Uh, Emmy Doka at Boston, number two. And then Jason Kidd, number three. Carlisle, yeah. I, I can't believe that. I'm, I, I, I'm going to tell, anyway. tell, tell you why they gave it to Carlisle. He's always got the best out of what he's always dealt with. He never had superstars or a great team, but he always managed to get uh, the best out of the players or maybe get, you know, they get knocked out every year in the first round, but he does get mm-hmm. in the playoff. Yeah. You know, and we don't have a lot to work with. He does get the best out of the players, but I had to disagree with the last two. Okay, now here's a good one. Which active player will make the best head coach someday? It's an easy one for me. LeBron James. Huh? LeBron James. LeBron, LeBron James. didn't get any votes. Oh, yeah, you got to get one vote. Um, uh, number one is Chris Paul, 34%. I was going to say Chris Paul. Number two LeBron is going to surprise you, though. Number two at 14% is uh, Ray John Rondo. Yeah, I think get any votes. Yeah. All right, we're gonna I, we got I, about five more of these. Uh, which we go through these real fast. Which team is the most fun to watch? Uh, the Warriors. Warriors number two. They got Brooklyn Nets number one. Atlanta uh, three. Hornets are three. Mavericks at five. They're the highest ranking. What uh, second ranking Western Conference team? The Hornets. Mavericks five. Nuggets five, Lakers five, Suns five. They all tied. Okay. Which team has the best home court advantage? This would be easy. The Lakers. Utah. Yeah. But I don't know, man. The Lakers fans. We've been out there. Yeah, but you know how tough it is to play in Utah and all that. Come on now. Uh, which team has the most prominent? You say what now? Was it best arena or best fan? No, it's not it's neither one. It's his best home court advantage. Oh, home court advantage. Yeah, well, you know, I got to put Portland in there somewhere because they're playing their riding crowd too. Portland's Portland? number four behind Utah one, Denver two, and the Knicks at three. Okay, yeah, New York's hard. Uh, which team has the most promising young core? Charlotte um, and Chicago. 50% over half the GMs say Atlanta. Um, and then 10% say Boston. I mean, sorry, not Boston, Houston. Houston. They got Atlanta one and Houston two. Okay. Yeah, I heard a lot of noise about Houston. I don't know. The most athletic player in the NBA right now is who? Giannis. Giannis is two. Somebody got uh, 27% of the vote, and that was uh, Zion Williamson in, in New Orleans. 
Okay, I, I can go. If he stays healthy. Which player is the best pure shooter? 90% say Steph Curry. No argument there. And also receiving I votes. Yeah, also receiving votes of Seth Curry. To your, to your point. Which player is best at moving without the ball? 50% say Steph Curry. Yeah. Uh, which player is the best passer? Which player is the best passer in the NBA, Ross? These, these two players tied with 33% each. You got two guesses, two players, best passes in the NBA. I'm about to say uh, Jokic. Okay, you got one. Luka. Uh, LeBron. Jokic yeah. and LeBron. Luka was number four with 7%. Okay. And we'll end on this one. The last, there's a few others, but we'll end on this one. Which player would you want taking a shot with the game on the line? Kevin Durant. This guy got 41% of the votes from the GMs. Either Curry or Kevin Durant. That's me. Durant's one, Curry's two. Ah. Okay. You, you, you dare to name any other players that might make the top? Top six? They got six listed here. Okay. Dame Leonard, I'll give you that one. You know he's going to be on the list. He's number three. Two players are tied for number four. Two international players are tied at number four. Okay, All right, we're back. I think we froze up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, two international players are tied for number four. International player? Yeah. That, who would you take to shot with the game or line? Is Donovan Mitchell on there? No. Luca. Luca's on there. And, the, and Luca and the Joker, both, are number four. Okay. And Kyrie Irving at number six. Okay. All right. Well, that's uh, that's it, man. That's, I'm gonna see the link to this, bro. I said a bunch of other stuff we hear the GMs talk about from basketball IQ yeah, to the most versatile like player it. to all of that. But that's that's kind of I'd it say, right I, there. I say I, I agree with seventy five percent of. <laughs> yeah, I would say that too. I don't I don't agree with anything Rick Carlisle made the one or two right, with. Right. I don't agree with that at all. But uh, but yeah, but man, that that's it for our show, man. We're gonna y'all check us out next week. We going going to a game this week. Let you know how the experience is. And um, Cowboys got a game on uh, Sunday as well. They play the Giants, so we got we got a lot to talk about. Yeah, Clippers and the Mavs tomorrow night. The Clippers and the Mavs. Yeah, we get to see them. I wonder how the starters gonna play. First half. That's why I'm making trips to see. No Kawhi. We'll man. see. Well, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode. We'll be back next week. Stay tuned. More from RF Sports Radio. Good night.